Coach Harris and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. It is not a Charlie Tuesday today. Instead, we get the one and only Lance Daw. How are you? Fantastic, Zach. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Can you fill the shoes that Charlie Five has left behind? I don't think I can, but I'm certainly going to try. Well, we are uh, we are broadcasting live from the patio here at Baumhauer's, of course, on uh, Bent Creek, right off the Bent Creek exit here in Auburn. Delicious. You got uh, some mozzarella sticks, which are delicious. We split some fried pickles with listener um, snacks. Snacks, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm always like, do I use like their real name or or, or, or not? But Snacks is in town, um, which is uh, which is really cool. He's hanging out with us as well. So yeah, we uh, we got uh, for the rest of the month. Every uh, Monday we'll be live here from Baumhauer's. But Mondays, Bogo to uh, go for all uh, medium and large size pizzas. They have uh, the best pizzas in the biz. And then Tuesdays, of course, Kids Night. And uh, there's a very, very high chance that if you come on Kids Night, you will see Charlie Five and his family. Not Absolutely. this week, but most weeks. Yeah, so. I have, uh, I've not gotten the pizza in probably a couple of months, but I will say it is excellent. Would highly encourage people to go to uh, get some pizza from here. Absolutely. All right, so we're just, uh, just a few days away from fall camp starting for the Auburn Tigers. And obviously Brian Harson's first fall camp we saw his first spring. All these reports came out about how out of shape the players were, how undisciplined they were. You asked the question about him, uh, uh, culture at SEC Media Days. What do you expect to be different this fall as we uh, as we gear up? I mean, it's pretty much here. Yeah, and that's the kind of the question I asked him at SEC Media Days. Is like compared to last year's coaching staffs, what's different? And he said. Very, very bluntly, it's like I didn't read into the previous coaching staff's morals. I didn't read into, like, what they were about. But I came here. Nobody was working out. (laughs) They were always late. They were always late. Nobody was finishing. So I'm trying to figure out why. (laughs) But I'm not judging. I'm not judging, but... They weren't doing anything right, right. the previous coaching While staff. While staring you down and maintaining eye contact Dude, the whole time. I'm not kidding. For the like the four or five minutes that he answered that question, he didn't break eye contact. I didn't break eye contact. I was in the very back of the room, like right by the SEC network set, and I was just sitting there like just intently like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. you can't look away. Well, I did actually pull out my phone because a question that Noah Gardner and I had on our uh, show on the line on ESPN 106.7, a question that we had was, what will be his most often used phrase? And you and I were like, it's going to be, let me just say this. So I did have to, have to pull out my phone. and <laughs> Let write me tell that. you this. Yeah, I had to mark it down because that was the third time in three questions that he had said that. Uh, so I had to mark it down. Um, but as far as things that are potentially different, I mean, like Harson said, he's going to make sure that guys are showing up all t- on time. Guys are actually working out. Guys are focused, having fun, uh, and more comfortable in this new offense. There it is. There uh, it is. Potential dark horses for, for the Heisman Give there on the me. offensive side of the ball. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, I just expect this team to be a little bit more disciplined, I think, is the most important thing. And Harson and this coaching staff have harped on that time and time and time again. Well, then on y'all's show when Owen Papo talked about the importance and, like, holding each other accountable for, like, getting 15 minutes, getting everywhere 15 minutes early. Right. Was that on your show where he talked about that? I don't think it was on our show. I heard but, it somewhere. But I, he, it happened at Media Days, and I, I, was, I was within his – I was, like, a couple yards away from when, when, he, when he said it. Got so. it. Got it. I mean, that's going to be a big part of it, you know, and I think 
it sounds like they've already kind of twisted the culture enough to where if somebody does show up late, there's going to be accountability shown and some sort of punishment, making the guy run, maybe the whole team runs, that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But that's going to be something that's super interesting to me. I talked about it with the guys with the uh, the war report last week. The, the, the battles along the offensive line, super, super interesting. And obviously a lot of people looking at that left, uh, the left tackle position with Austin Troxel. It appears that he was, he's, he's the favorite to be the left tackle this season. But Brendan Coffey named one of the Iron Men of the Week. Uh, Brian Harson announced that over the weekend. Do you think there's any chance there's a battle there? Whether it's one of those two guys or the guy that started left tackle last year, Alec Jackson. Well, like Harson's also said throughout the spring and during media days, you know, he's going to be open to competition at every single position. Now, whether or not that's true or not for places like the running back position and the quarterback position, that field pretty pretty solid as far as the guys that are going to start there. I do think we're going to see a lot of rotation among that offensive line. So, yeah, I think there definitely is going to be a competition there. I think Brendan Coffey, or as you said twice last year, Bendon Coffey. Bendon uh, Coffey. It was Bendon Coffey. To be fair, I never my, said it. I just... Okay. Uh, I, I just Half couldn't spell pointing. it on uh, on the, our show outline. It was Bend in Coffee, yes. and it will forever be in my mind, Bend in Coffee. Uh, but yeah, I no, def- I'm glad that I'm not the only person that remembers that because I-, I laugh every time I see his name now. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a competition there, and then also I think you got to be looking at the couple of incoming freshmen. I believe Auburn has a six foot seven. Auburn has him listed at six foot eight. Gardner Langlow, the mm-hmm. three star. Offensive tackle, I definitely think that we could he- see him at some point in the mix. I wrote an uh, article about him on Auburn Wire. I'm very high on him. So, yeah, but, absolutely But this year, you think it could happen this year? I'm, I didn't say that – I'm not saying that he's going to be the starter. I'm just saying if we're going to see guys rotated out at that spot until mm-hmm. they get a feel for somebody, I think he's going to be one of the guys that gets a shot. If that's the case, that is a very good sign for the future at left tackle. I think so. Auburn, you look at the guys that they've got coming in – on the offensive line, and they're a lot bigger than I feel like I, I expected under Gus. We're seeing like six, 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 seven guys, specifically a tackle. There's one other guy, and I can't remember his name, but Killian Zaire is an interesting one. Zaire is another one. Guy. Yeah, yeah. So Auburn definitely has some pieces on that offensive line, and then they're trying to recruit guys right now. There are four and five stars in the 2022 class. So as as far as competition this year and years in the future, absolutely, I think we're going to see that. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be refreshing to see them change the size and frame that they want for an offensive line because Gus wanted these slender, more athletic linemen, which works sometimes because they were doing the whole tempo thing. But towards the end of his time here, they quit doing tempo. And it's like, okay, can we have beefier linemen again, please? <laughs> like, right. You know, the whole Greg Robinson thing worked out pretty well. You know, Braden Smith just got a nice extension, but... Whatever. Well, right. I, I think as far as like Malzahn and his tempo thing, he was a he was at the top of his game. He was among the best in college football in terms of offensive scheme, and a lot of that had to do with tempo. But like you said, as his time went on at Auburn, he started slowing down because everybody kind of started figuring out what he was doing. And so the players and his scheme and the guys that he recruited to, to play in his system weren't exactly working anymore. And like you just said, I think we really, really saw that 
in 2020. I'm going to be interested to see what type of recruits. I keep saying, I've said this all, this all offseason, whenever Auburn gets a new recruit under Brian Harson, these new types of recruits, I'm expecting different types of players, mm-hmm. different play styles, among, specifically in the trenches. I'm expecting different types of guys uh, to be coming into the program for Auburn. So, yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of changes, a lot of competition. Um, everything's open right now in my mind. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball's in full swing, and also you can check out all the futures happening for college football and the NFL at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. As teams prep for the upcoming season or for baseball, they, uh, they get ready for the home stretch. Head to the website, betonline.ag. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Frisky Whiskey. It has been, uh, it's been a minute. Glad to have these guys back on partnering with us. Frisky Whiskey is the best place to buy all of your liquor, uh, tequila, beer, your spirits, anything that you need Frisky Whiskey has it right as you uh, cross into the Georgia state line. It's right there on the right. First exit there. You'll see billboards guiding you there, or you can just, of course, type in Frisky Whiskey in your phone's GPS. But just about 15 or 20 minutes from Auburn. It's even less if you live in Opelika like me. But uh, 10,000 square feet of just incredible selection and incredible prices. And as um, folks kind of get their tailgate plans together and ready be sure to check out our friends at frisky whiskey lance Dahl, moving on here as we broadcast live from Baumhauer's, is there a position battle i mean we talked about the offense is there a position battle on the defensive side of the football that you think is particularly interesting i talked about the defensive backs with the war report guys last week is there another position that's really kind of popping out to you i think the defensive line is the biggest for me. I mean, I really like the competition that we've got going on in the defensive backfield. I have confidence in that group. Regardless of who starts or who gets more playing time, I have a lot of confidence in that group, right? The defensive line, I don't. I think Auburn has had a really tough time compared to some of these other SEC schools getting to the quarterback and actually bringing him down. The guys that Auburn has had on roster for the past couple of years have not been able to do so consistently, at least in my opinion. I go back to that Georgia game, and I literally have nightmares about it, offensively and defensively. It wasn't Stetson Bennett being super uh, super athletic? Yeah, Stetson Bennett turning into Lamar Jackson was was not the the issue. It brought me me. physical pain. Seeing Big Cat Bryant get around the edge and then just take the ba- take a bad angle or just not be able to get to Stetson Bennett. That, and bring that was him a down. rough moment for him. It was it's it was a rough rough go. I think again talking about competition and things being wide open. I think we're going to see a lot of that on the defensive line. Auburn's got a lot of really good transfers coming in. Tony Fair, uh, Ecu Leota. Right. They've got a lot of different pieces that they can mix and match. Truesdale still here. There's a lot of guys that Colby Wooden, Derek Hall. Right. There are a lot of guys that I think Auburn has currently on roster, and then some other freshmen as well. Lee Hunter, Dylan Brooks. I think that's going to be really interesting to see both on the edge and on the interior how Auburn likes to mix and match these guys. And honestly, I don't think we're going to ever consistently see a three or four or five guys on the field at the exact same th- time. I think Derek Mason is going to rotate rotate these guys out a lot. Yeah, and, and I love that, especially from a pass rushing standpoint. You can keep guys fresh. 
Also, just just so many different tendencies if you're an offensive tackle that you have to pay attention to. So I really, really like that, especially, you know, if they change the defensive front as much as it sounds like they're going to, three-man, four-man, five-man, you know, are, are guys actually coming or are guys going to stay at home, possibly, you know, stay off the line of scrimmage? There's a lot of things that you've got to think about if you're one of these offensive tackles trying to protect the edge against these guys. And, uh, uh, and I know you mentioned a lot of guys, Lance, but I say, I, you know, I said this a little bit last year saying, hey, it's probably too early. I don't think it's too early anymore. Romello Hyde is still a name that I want to put out there for everybody. Really, really high on this kid. 6'5", has a tremendous frame, gained some weight over the offseason, and I think he was vastly underrated Um I don't know. I'm very, very high on Romello Hyde. I like that. I like that. Again, talking about guys, you know, that are physically intimidating on the line. I said it, I think, on this show, and then I said it early in January um, on the line on ESPN 106.7. I felt like Auburn's defensive line, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it just felt like they were undersized last season against the big boys, against Texas A&M, against Georgia, against Alabama. They were physically overpowered. And I don't know if it was necessarily a size thing, but they got pushed around. It yeah. doesn't matter what the reason was. They got pushed around like crazy. So whenever you see guys like Romello Height, you know, 6'5", really excited to see him. If he's got that burst, another guy that I think really could be interesting to see in, a, in his freshman year, Lee Hunter, does not move like a guy that's 6'5", 300 pounds. He's special. He's really, really special. And I think everybody's kind of forgotten about J.J. Begee's in this whole lineup. Talk about rotating guys in and out. I think that's somebody that we're going to see uh, at nose tackle potentially that Auburn will use really? sparingly. So you're, you're still in the Big East camp, huh? I think because Auburn, I b- truly believe Auburn will rotate out enough to the point where we will see him on the field maybe once or twice a game, and everybody will get to say, hey, look, there's J.J. Big East. He won't do anything, and then he'll sub out. I was talking with somebody, and it may have been J-Boy, talking about his feet, and that was a great point. He definitely has good feet. Is he going to be able to put it all together in time to be relevant this season? I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic there. I don't think so. I mean, there's just so much depth. And by the time you get into the, the thick of conference play, I don't know if it's going to be it's gonna be too late in the season to be experimenting with a guy like that, Yeah, I think. But that's just me being a little negative towards J.J. Pegues. I think next year you could totally make the argument that it's his time. Yeah, come the Georgia game, Sweet Feet Pegues will probably not Ooh. be on the field that often. I will say this, though, like Brian Harson, I'll just say, let me just say this. I'll, I, let me just tell you that <laughs> I do think at some point this season we, we will see him in the Wildcat again. Maybe once, maybe twice. Not as much last no time. No way. I think we'll see no, it. No, I think no, we'll see no, it. No, you put no, him in a jumbo no. package, fourth and one. No, I think no, we'll no. see it. Stop it. I believe Stop we will. It. You remember all the jokes we made when Harson got hired and he was watching tape from last year, and it's like I would have loved to have been in the room when he was watching was like, JJ Biggie's Wildcat. He's like. Probably called Cadillac into the rooms. Like, what happened? Like, what did this conversation look like when y'all put him in there? Like, what? What exactly happened? Like, Does he have something over you guys? Williams, Williams, get in here. What is this? It's like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got a pro wrestler back here taking the snap, pirouetting and jumping over people. What is? This? I mean, can we talk about how weird that is? Like, can we? Can we talk about that? We all loved it at the time, and by we, I mean like Auburn fans ate it up. They ate up the Cox cat, too, when Chandler Cox was back there. Yeah, but him like, doing a circle against Clemson was incredible. And somehow the Pegues situation was better. Um, but still, it's like, I don't know, just take a step back and look at that. And now it's even worse. Now instead of a 300-pound tight end back there, 
It's a 300-pound defensive lineman. That's even worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just don't see Harson doing that. I can see I can see him trying it once at, like, the goal line to, like, throw a jump pass or something like that. Like, I can genuinely see that. You know, they ran trick plays at Boise State, too. Auburn fans out there saying, like, oh, well, he's not going to be tacky or anything like that. Y'all, they ran trick plays at Boise. Boise State's known for the Statue of now, Liberty. Now, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with there being, you know, some That's a dope fun. Play. Some, there's no question. There's no question. But there's a – I think there's still a stance to be made where it's like, sure, there's going to be fun plays and trick plays in this offense. But, like, is Big E's going to do it? Sure. And if I remember all the ones of Harson that I could think about, they came from, like, a normal formation. Formation, yeah. And he just kind of pulled something out when you were least expecting it. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know if it's going to come from, like, a – I hate the Wildcat unless you have a really special athlete. I hate it. If you don't think that you know your quarterback needs his hands on the ball every play, like you probably need to find another quarterback. Yeah. I, I just call me old fashioned. Call me, you know, a Patriots fan that's watched Tom Brady for twenty years. I mean, I, I don't know what, but I just I hate the Wildcat. I don't think it makes sense. That's fine. That that's fair. And I will say this about Pegues. I almost feel like it's, for me, it's more of a, I just want to see it happen one more time and less You're of You're addicted. A, you have a problem. I want to see this man jump over somebody one more time. I mean, in the middle of the pouring rain against Arkansas, I mean. He well, can jump over offensive linemen. Yeah, maybe. Is well, that enough to satisfy your addiction? Maybe. To J.J. We'll, Pegues? Yeah, maybe we'll see him do that against the off, an <laughs> offensive line uh, sometime midway through the season. Who I knows? love it. I love it. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, Locked on Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Lance, I was on the radio Monday in Mobile, WNSP. I joined Dave Schultz, who um, I, I know you're, uh, you're close to now. But he's the one who pointed out that terrible list that Lindsay and I talked about yesterday. Right. Absolute terrible. You made a social media post for and posted it from Locked On um, with us talking about the list. But I, he asked me about it, and I made the comments like, Bo Nix is too high. Bo Nix was number six of, like, and I said, Bo Nix is not the sixth best team or sixth best player on this Auburn football team. Right. And he was shocked that I said that. Do you think I'm out of line for saying that? No, I don't think you're out of line for saying that at all. Uh, if, as, if, you, if you know me and you listen to me, I'm not a Bo Nix hater, but I'm not a Bo Nix truther. I think there is some logic between the lines of not freaking out about saying, oh, we need uh, TJ Finley to start immediately and saying, no, Bo Nix is the savior. He is focused and having fun and will win the Heisman. Right. I think there is a, it, there is a medium ground of saying, okay, he's really, really good at home. He's really, really bad on the road. This offensive system is going to have to be able to make him more consistent as a passer. Will that be able? Will that actually happen? I don't know. I think there are seven or eight other guys on this roster that are probably better than him. Uh, to list some off, just off the top of my head, McCreary, Tank, Brandon Council, our boy. Um, I, I would almost the the entire secondary. I'm really, really Here, high on the secondary. Uh, let me just name some folks, and you tell me who's better, that player or Bo Nix. Let's okay. just play a game. Okay. I'm just kind of shooting from the hip here. Hit Roger McCreary. Uh, Roger McCreary is better. Smoke Monday. 
Monday is a better player. This cl- I think that one's close. That's though. one re- is really close. Yeah. Um, what about um, what about Jalen Simpson? Uh, Jalen Simpson is better in my mind. I really like him. Nehemiah Pritchett. Uh, yes. Owen Papo. Yes. Uh, Zacoby McClain. Yes. Kobe Wooden. Eh, no. Really? I think he's. I, I put him at number three. I what think did he's he a have third like four player. sacks last season? It's just impact on the game. Sure, I'll say yes. Um, Zacchaeus Walker. Um, that's another one that's close for me. It's close. Not yet. It's close. Okay, but the upside's there. What about um? What about uh? Miller. Yes, absolutely. Ekuliota. Mm. Is that another? T- is that one close? That one's a not yet again. Okay, it's close though. Okay, what about uh? Demetrius Robertson. Yes, absolutely. Okay, you're not, that, that's a quick one for you. That's, yes. That one's a close one for me just because we don't know. There's a lot we don't know. No, former five-star receiver that was a freshman All-American. Uh, I'll, I'll take that upside. Okay, Tank Bixby, yes. Yes. Um, Sean Shivers, mm, that's a close one for me too. I will say no, unfortunately. Brandon Council? Y- yes, Brandon is much better. Best player, best player on the team. Uh, we love him. We do. Uh, this is a Brandon Council podcast. Can't stress that enough. Yes, sir. Um... Pro Darius Ham. Uh, no. Nick Brahms. No. Okay. All right. But still, several guys better yeah, than we, Bo Nix. I think we did count eight or nine, nine or ten. We may have gotten to ten just then. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. There you go. But, it, but uh, and you already kind of prefaced it. Let me make sure, I, you know, because I don't want people to be like, the guys on Locked on Auburn hate said Bo that Bo Nix stinks. That is not the case. In fact, I think Bo Nix is going to take a massive step this year. I, I really do. Um, but until he does it... Like, I'm not going to give him that. Until, exactly. But I think he'll do it this year. Exactly. It's just, I th- again, I think there's a fine line between freaking out too much and getting overhyped. I do think he is going to take a step forward. I think this offense, he is going to be more consistent as a passer. In. You cannot be entering year three as a former five-star quarterback, one of the best players in the country coming out of high school, and you cannot enter your junior year and, and throw for under 59% completion. Completion percentage just right. does not make sense. Doesn't happen. You should progress, especially at an SEC school. So yes, I do expect him to make a jump. I don't think it's going to be like drastic, but I do expect it to be like, oh, hey, he went from 16 touchdowns to 24, something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, just a promo, something coming up. I talked to Zepp Jasper this afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Really, really. He talks about. What actually happens when a player enters the transfer portal? Like, what he actually does, which I think is interesting. And then, like, how you're recruited out of the transfer portal. And specifically, like, what Bruce Pearl did mm-hmm. to recruit him. And it's fascinating. Yeah. You step into the portal, everything just kind of goes dark. And then the, all the different logos of the schools, and you just have to pick one. I don't want to go, I don't want to go too in, uh, too in detail, because I want you guys to listen. It's going to be on Thursday's show. But he said that, you know, he did what was needed, worked with the AD, and he, like, he gets in the transfer portal. And within, like, 20 seconds, he's <laughs> tagged on Twitter that he's, been, that he's entered the transfer portal. He's like, yeah. holy cow. And by the time he, like, went down the stairs, his phone just started blowing up from all these different coaches. And about 20 minutes later, Bruce Pearl and Stephen Pearl called him. You want to guess the first, uh, the first school to call him was? Mm. There's no way you'll guess this school. It, it's known for basketball, kind of. I don't think they have a football program. but um, Villanova? Nope. Mm. I couldn't tell. You think Villanova is calling him? Maybe. Okay. 
I hope so. <laughs> Defensive player of the year in his conference. Who knows? Uh, fair enough. No, uh, Seton Hall. Seton Hall. Was. Seton Hall. Dude, I can see him playing at somewhere like Seton Hall. Uh, I can see him playing for Auburn. I can see him playing for Auburn as well. Yeah, there we go. Very we excited. Go. How can people? Yeah, that'll be Thursday. Be sure to, to do that. Hey, thanks for coming out to, uh, to Baumhauer's. We absolutely love Baumhauer's Victory Grill here. Everything that we eat here every single week is delicious. The, the service is fantastic. Ask for Olivia. Tip her well. She's the best. Lance, how can people find you and hear you, buddy? They can follow me on Twitter at Daw Pound. They can listen to my show on the line on ESPN 106.7 weekdays from 2 to 4. And then they can go and look at my content online at the Auburn Wire. We love the Auburn Wire here. Absolutely. This is an Auburn Wire podcast. Yes, sir. Kind of. All right. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Z Black. I'll be showing Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Our friends from the War Report scheduled to join us right here on Locked on Auburn.